October 18th, 1998, Celebrity Skin by Hole was all over the radio. Looking back with lyrics like, so glad you could make it. Now you've really made it. So glad you can make it now. It's pretty obvious who the poet was in that family. The Yankees swept the Padres in four games in the 1998 World Series. Leave it to them to make baseball more boring. Practical Magic was number one at the box office. I did not see it. Whoa, 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 whoa. But before Bobby can call me a bad ally, I do remember that that was the movie that Bobby was watching in the hotel room to avoid spending time with his family in Disney World when the hotel caught fire. So let's just call me ally neutral. Meanwhile, in Rosemont, Illinois, Undertaker faced Kane for the WWF Championship at Judgment Day in your house. Let go of me, you pervert! This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. To my right, I've got Bobby Hankinson, our resident historian. And someone with a lot of opinions right now. All right. Well, before we get to that, also welcome Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast with episodes so long that if you had like 10 episodes in a row, you could probably cover most normal uh baby deliveries so the amount of time a woman could be in labor w- while giving birth you could i think are you writing these ahead of time eric i did think of it <laughs> i did not write it it was on the way here all right bobby you're about to uh, jump out of your skin what do you got to say wow this week's intro was a real roller coaster for me personally um it started in dark place coming for courtney love who in 1998 by the way i am in eighth grade i am obsessed with celebrity skin. I have a t-shirt, which I believe I still own, that I got at where? Hot Topic. I was going to say, wait, you're cele- I was like, you were, you were obsessed with just like the skins of different celebrities. Like, I mean, I, also probably. I had Brad Pitt in a fucking closet. <laughs> Are you about a size 14? But I truly did a book report about uh, a Courtney Love biography written by, I, I can't believe I still remember this, Poppy Z. Bright. Uh, and it's a very good, it's a, an oft-cited uh, literary work. <laughs> By you. Uh, no, no, it is in general. Uh, it's, where, it's where I first read the story about uh, Kathleen Hanna confronting Courtney Love at like a big music festival and Courtney Love punching her in the face, um, which is like a famous story. And there's a little bit of crossover at this time, actually, because right now, as in right now, October 1998, they are filming Man in the Moon because uh, Jerry the King Lawler and JR had to take a, a little stint of absence for a few raws to go film their scenes for it. Yeah, and Courtney Love had a part in that film. Right, she plays his wife? Wife or girlfriend, I can't remember. She got an Oscar nom for that, didn't she? I believe she, uh, no, she got, I believe, for the People vs. Larry Flint. Yeah, she played, yeah, she played girl, wife and People vs. Larry Flint, girlfriend in Man on the Moon. No, it was the same role. I mean, well, in those, in, in a lot of those movies, it's always the same role. It's like, I'm, I really am there for you. I support you. <laughs> I don't know if we can do this, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked Hole. Still do. Some of that that album still slaps. Uh, the other, we know you like Hole. All right. It's it's a good it no, it's not a good song. It's a great song. Yeah. It lyrics are I mean, but like fine. I, there's a lot of songs that are like that that like yeah. do have done well. Yeah, I'm, I don't, just, I don't, I'm just saying I 
the I don't think I was that irreverent towards well, the great Courtney Love. No, in no, the no, intro. no. But oh. I, I do think though that the suggestion, which is popular and oft repeated, that Courtney Love's success is due whether very directly to with Coco Bannon's and he wrote everything, or there was his superstardom that she, you know rode the coattails of is inherently sexist uh and 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 no 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 it was her her fame wasn't just because of kurt cobain it was because of billy corgan also (laughs) (laughs) oh by the way an albino a mosquito my libido like pretty pretty much uh shakespeare there what was what were all of it an albino um uh, mosquito is in there um, well, a mosquito, my libido is there, and I'll uh, na, 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 uh, a mosquito, my libido. I only know the words to Weird Al's uh, "Smells Like Nirvana." My marvels in the, in my <laughs> mouth. Yeah, I probably okay. could do that whole song. Um, do you want to? We started with that. Do you want to? Okay. Then it took a it took a downturn when we went to. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, an upturn when you said baseball is boring, and I'm like, hard agree. <laughs> Uh, and then down with Practical Magic, which Jezebel did a piece, I believe, just last year about how it's a feminist masterpiece that should be revisited and reevaluated in contemporary uh, contemporary lenses. Uh, it's a great fucking movie. But we, the story. Well, actually, you know, we talked about watching Practical Magic at our autumn party, but you decided Adam's Family Values instead, which I. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, which was uh, very But good. if you want it like it's it's like. For rent, you had to sit me down at our annual Christmas party and make me watch it. If you want me to yeah. watch Practical Magic next autumn, the difference is Practical Magic is actually good. It's not. It's like Rent is, I think, bad, and I think we. I wanted to watch it for us to 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 do what we're doing here, mm-hmm. <laughs> there. But Practical Magic, I legitimately like. Uh, and I first saw it the first time I saw it, which is a story you referenced there uh, in the opening. I was on vacation with my family in Florida, as you mentioned. Um, and what do you do when you're at like a Disney World vacation? You sit in the hotel and watch movies. Uh, so I was in the hotel watching Practical Magic and I watched maybe 90% of it and then the hotel caught fire and I had how, to evacuate. How old were you at this point? This must have been 12, 13-ish because oh. it's 90. Yeah, so 12, but, no, but, but it would have been, it, so the, it would have been 99 Probably a least, year later. Right? Yeah, so 13, 14. Okay. I am truly seething with anger right now because my parents wouldn't take me to Disney World <laughs> All through my childhood, the first time I went to Disney World was like two years ago. Um, and when I asked my mom, when I when I I told my parents about you know how I was upset that I never went to Disney World because I don't know I for some reason they didn't catch on that I really wanted to go. My mom said, "What are we gonna pay like thousands of dollars for you to go see some giant pink hippo?" And I was like, "Oh, you don't even know what Disney World is. <laughs> what does that even mean?" Is it like one image from Fantasia? Is that you thought they made a park where there's a statue that everybody makes a Hajj to go it's see? It's like the Unisphere, in right? Queens. Right. Yeah, we got we got something in Queens. You you want to see hippos? We got hippos. Disney Walt well, Disney genetically engineered an enormous pink hippo, and all everyone does is just like slack jawed stares and hands over their money to everyone right. that they see along the way. Yeah, it costs a hundred dollars a minute, and that's it. Here's the thing with Disney World. There's a great time to go to Disney World as a kid, and there's a great time to go to Disney World as an adult. Everything in between, it's a horrible time to go to Disney. If you, if you are both too young to drink and too old uh, and like too old to enjoy it for childlike wonder, but you're not old enough to feel nostalgic, it's like, at 14, I was like, there's nowhere I'd rather be less. I don't know. Okay, fine. I don't know that I ever, that that ever was me. I think, I think <laughs> I mean, that- I, I'm- I'm fully on board with that. I I think that for for me personally, that that even at 13 and 14, I would have had a great time at Disney World. 
Oh, but I also famously love my parents. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah, you would have a great time on vacation with your parents. Anywhere at that point, to be fair, I probably would have had a terrible time on vacation with my parents. Anywhere. Anywhere. No offense to them. I love them very much. But no, I mean, uh, Aaron, they're not going to listen. They have no way. They don't have no idea what a podcast is. Even if they did, they would not listen. Well, they they can't download it. Your mom, you know, your dad might lose his job. <laughs> um, Aaron, I, I, nothing surprises me less than the fact that you maintained your childlike wonder for <laughs> way longer than a lot of other people. I mean, one thing about you is you love you love so greatly and unconditionally. I'm using this as my as my um, part of my service for your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I love to love. What can I say? Um, and I love to love a few parts of Raw on the build up to Judgment Day. Um, Stephen Regal is operating a backhoe and cutting oranges in half. Sure. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, who is Stephen Regal? St- Stephen Regal. It will be William Regal. We're never going to see Stephen Regal do anything. We've talked about him before. Okay, and and oranges with a back. Okay, go no, on. No, he's operating a. These are two separate vignettes. One where he's just see him operating a backhoe, and another where he's sitting at a table cutting oranges in half and then squeezing them into a glass to drink their juice. What's his gimmick? His he's the man's man. Uh, <laughs> okay. I uh, the last time we liter- we just saw him shaving, like with a straight razor. I mean, this bombed. In real time, so of course we think it's shitty now. I mean, like it's obviously shitty now, but everyone knew it was obviously shitty then. All right. This doesn't, so that's why it's like it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and something we might not have known was shitty back then. Owen Hart botches a pile driver, reminiscent of Stone Cold. Now this is it, not not in real, not not real. This is kayfabe here. But okay. on Dan Severn, he does the same move that he does on Stone Cold, and in story paralyzes Dan Severn. Owen Hart then retires from the WWE. However, coincidentally, the Blue Blazer, which was Owen's former alter ego, starts making appearances and attacking Steve Blackman. What about Stan Severn? Is he just like pretending to be paralyzed? Do we care? Yeah. Well, I mean, was it is it like a Downton Abbey type of thing where they're going to be like the doctor's actually like actually you know you uh, you bruised your vertebrae and you can still have children. He has not. He has not been or. addressed since. Wow, real ableism there. What can? <laughs> what have you done for us lately, Dan Wait, did Severn? You, did you want him to do a match while paralyzed? Well, first of all, I I want them to be challenged on the fact that they only have steps to get up to that ring. So yes, <laughs> just have a little a little <laughs> elevator like they have for the bus. And finally, on the Judgment Day pre-show, after a loss of the Godfather, the Jackal intercepts Farouk and makes him an offer. Okay. <laughs> That's a, watch sure. the space. Yeah, watch the space. But now we're on to October 18th, 1998, the Judgment Day pay-per-view, and hear the excitement that's in my voice as we talk about <sighs> This was this was a rough one, guys. It starts hot. I think the opening package was nice. I was into the opening package. <laughs> you just loved hearing you violated me over and over you and over. You violated me. My rectalaria. It was like Max. It was it was like Max Hedrum doing wrestling. Um also, who was the voice reading like the Biblical verse. I want to say it was Freddie Blassie. I think it was Freddie Blassie. Man, he had a real gravel. Yeah. And also, not a real Bible verse. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense. 
Um, also, the Bible's not real either. So, yeah. Uh, sure, but there are actual <laughs> quotes from the Bible. So you say. Like Ezekiel 2517 from Pulp Fiction is not an actual Bible. Um, oh, I loved the nuclear missile 3D animation for Judgment Day. Yeah. I put another Duke Nukem graphic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then it goes to a 3D rendered silo for a nuclear missile launch. Guys, it's a wrestling match. <laughs> also between two ghosts. <laughs> Right, like literally nobody's alive and no one will die. There are um it also that whole part looked like the you know the you know when you go to like the UA theaters and like they have the beginning where you get on like the space roller coaster yep. and like they're like popcorn's coming out at you and soda and shit. They haven't like, changed that shit since like October nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. No, I, I feel like it was the same studio that worked on the nuclear missile. Like they were just like like, do you do you want us to throw in some popcorn? Do you want to do you want to talk about the the uh, the concession stand at all? We can do a mean pretzel with cheese. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby, lobby, lobby. <laughs> you violated my lobby. <laughs> First match, we've got Mark Marrow versus Al Snow. Yes. Can I say Al Snow has an excellent smile? I fuck like. I talked about this with uh, on our on our Facebook Live broadcast that uh, Bo Dallas has best smile in the business. Man, Al Snow, when just watching him as he responds to the crowd is the purest joy I've ever felt watching wrestling. Yeah, you are allowed to compliment anything that Al Snow does. God. Yeah, he's great. God damn it! Uh, I didn't understand the whole JJ thing, but I think that's a feud. Uh, not barely. The thing about basically all of the matches tonight, except for mm, three, I guess, there's no build. Okay. There is no build at all. Nobody, neither of these guys are feuding with each other. On the Judgment Day pre-show, JJ was fighting Scorpio, and Al There's Snow, a match I'm sorry I missed. And Al Snow had head like head on a pole version of head sure and selfie head like a hobby horse (laughs) while the ref was knocked out he tucked it into the back of the ref's pants and so jj was looking at that when scorpio you're looking at me like i'm a crazy person i can't believe the words are coming out of my mouth but yes that was a story that was going throughout the night so as the ref so when the ref is standing yes the 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 pole in the back of his pants yeah he doesn't know that yeah Great. And so the pole then is big enough that the he- he's like a head on no. top of the head? No, or? no, no, no. It's just back there and, and Jeff Jarrett so like just kind of like- So like a Morrissey branch. Like notices it. Got it. So it's like a Morrissey branch sort of situation. I don't know that reference. Didn't Morrissey always have like gladiola branches like tucked in his back pocket and stuff? This is a thing? No? Okay. I don't know. I mean, You might be right. Um, I am right. I canceled <laughs> Morrissey and I forgot everything that he ever did. Honestly, you probably should. Uh, but that is like a thing he does. The- yeah, the question. So I'm, I'm, I didn't. I don't remember this, and so I'm trying to like picture it in my head. So it's just like, how long of a pole are we saying? It's just like he had. So it's like he has like a tennis racket size thing in yeah, his back pocket. Exactly. It. None of this makes any sense. Also, what weird garbage. that they put it on the pre-show. Garbage. That they're like, they're like, oh well, we're gonna build up the heat, uh, thirty minutes before the before this comes to. It's fruition. also like barely. A, it's like not really a pre-show we think of pre-shows anyway. That's true. Too. So it's a little different. Well, but it's still yeah. bad. It's still bad. I don't know. It's almost better than what we have. I for think so. Oh, like, oh my god! Then two hours of them like talking about the matches they're going to talk about all night. I mean, 
like and and just to clarify for listeners who aren't going to watch this because you really shouldn't do not watch it um J- so uh Mero and Al Snow are ready to square off Jeff Jarrett comes in and and like comes into the ring and wants to I don't know if he was trying to make it like a a triple threat I don't know if he just wanted to challenge Al Snow um confusion about all of this is is probably the theme of the, of <laughs> of the whole storyline with this this whole thing is sloppy i mean al snow is doing like his before the thing rant as mark marrow's music is playing yeah nothing nothing here is cohesive um one thing to note though the heat between jacqueline and sable has escalated as well i don't know if you noticed jackie's braid has some blonde i was wondering if if it was if it was uh she scalped she cut off part of sable's hair and she's got it braided into her own hair that's very cool I like it. Jacqueline's the best man. What a what a star. What like a what a real like uh just the kind of like uh worker that just like can be plugged into anything and makes everything a little makes everyone look a little better. I really oh, what were you gonna say? No, go ahead. Oh, I really liked uh Al Snow had a really sick moonsault. Yeah. I loved it. He's yep. a great worker. Um but I also saw a lot of Al Snow like looking over at Mero waiting for the moves to happen on this one here. Oh really? Yeah. Well Mero. Yeah. Is not a good worker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you better be watching because you never know what's going to be coming your way. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about this match. Mero can't buy heat anymore. He is devoid of, like, can't build a heel heat to save his life. No. And now he's a high-flying heel, Mm. which, like, doesn't happen, you know, as you said. Like, when he was a heel heel, he was more of a boxer. Now he's just like, all right, I'll fly. No one fucking cares what I do. No one cares about anything. Yeah. And we do not have a lot much longer. A lot much longer? We don't have much longer that we have to worry about Mr. Marrow. Why was um, Mark Marrow giving himself a wedgie at the end? He just kept pulling his trunks up like really high, and it looked like it was like a thing. And I don't know why. Uh, I missed it. Couldn't tell you. Nah, who cares? Yeah. Um, there, was one, there was one exchange that I... I really liked. I don't know why. It was just it just like stuck with me. It was um all the all the audience are waving their heads, the, mm-hmm. the their their mannequin heads. And uh Lawler was basically talking about like look at these moronic fans waving those heads, whatever. And JR goes, They're just having a good time. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, you know what, JR, you're right. They're just having a good time. Like, yeah, let them let them wave their fucking heads. Lawler had a real, real rough line on this one uh, about Al Snow, where he said, even his wisdom teeth are our word. And I was like, yeesh. He said that? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, full, full out. Right. Um, He said the full. In a way that I am, yeah. Uh, in a way that I'm not comfortable with, uh, and don't did not love. Um, I I was. Which way are you comfortable with? None. Zero. (laughs) Yeah, full zero. It's much better to say our word. It's his his wisdom teeth are real R worded. It just really wisdom, and like I get the pun he's making, which isn't even that good. But you also could have made that same pun just as effectively, and just said like, even his wisdom teeth are dumb. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's it. That's that's a much. It's a. It's actually I think a cleaner pun that way. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't think the opposite. The opposite that, of wise is not. Yeah, it's foolish. Well, I don't know. Did you guys like? Because I can. I'll admit it. Back then in 1998, I was using that word freely. Oh, I'm sure I yes. was. I mean, like, I, I am absolutely sure I was. And which, and it's hideous and shameful. Mm-hmm. But I. But you know, part of our our yeah. remit here is to. We. I'm just saying. 
That, yeah. that that's something that I had to learn along the way. Yeah. Yes. And if you're still saying it, maybe you should learn it I mean, along yes. the way too. I say this because Jerry Lawler is definitely still saying it. <laughs> oh yeah. Like to like to his like hired help. As yeah, well. he's gonna he's saying it like in uh, to a waiter at a restaurant. They yeah. have a dump button on the on Raw <laughs> for every time that he says it. I mean, it's hilarious to me when Lawler's calling women's matches just how quiet he is because you know they were like, just don't, <laughs> good, dude, do us a favor, don't just don't say anything. I mean, honestly, when he does talk now, it it does look like he you know he's got the thousand yard stare. Like it's almost like that. Like legal took him aside and was like, all right, man, like you can't do any of this. So he was like. Whoa! Look at that. Like, but that's like, all he's he, got. Nothing. Now. That's all he's got. Yeah, he's yeah. not. A, he's not particularly, uh, like, erudite. You know it's, what I mean? Or, or literary. Like, with a beautiful flourish for language, like Moro Ronaldo or someone who's like, yeah. It's almost like they should get someone else <laughs> on commentary. I'd take Booker T at this point. <sighs> Boy, I mean, I'd stick with the devil. You know, I guess. I don't know. So the only other thing that I have to say about this one is that Al is so over, and that's great. Yeah. Let's I love that. Give him a fucking story that he can sink his teeth into already. Careful what you wish for. Oh, I'll leave no. it at that. Oh God. So then we go to the Disciples of Apocalypse versus LOD 2000. Well, there's also an Austin clip before that. Uh, I don't know if it's a promo or what, but. I like that there is a the refs have a separate changing area. Ooh. Yeah, that was from um that was from the the pre-show, the Sunday Night Heat episode. Yeah, where in order to punish him more, he has to be in the refs changing room and he kicks all the other refs out. This is like, this it's like a closet and there's one ref who's like got, getting his shirt on. He's like get the hell out of here and I'm like all right. Uh I I didn't realize that they that they really uh Kept them, kept them separate from all the others. Steve Austin, friend of the working man, kicking out the referee. Yeah, again, problematic guy, labor-wise. And I'd be mad at you for interrupting me as I was going on to the next segment, Eric, but then now we have to talk about DOA versus LOD mm. 2000. Yeah, Jesus. I thought I was doing you a favor, honestly. <laughs> I feel like watching this match, which again, I've attempted to watch at least four, maybe upwards of six times, but I feel like I have that black mirror filter where I can't see everyone's just like static. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like my brain refused to take anything in from this match except for LOD's horrible haircuts. Here's what I took in. First, it'd be funny if Paul Ellering tried to do twin magic at some point and they were like, <laughs> no, it's me, Skull. I'm in here. <laughs> um, and then there was a point where Draws got distracted because Skullball, one of them, rubs him on the back. And as I was trying to write down my note on that, it took me a good minute to remember the name Skull. Yikes. We've been watching them for this long, and that's how little has sunk into my brain. Um, the things that I pulled from this were more along the lines of, like, store plot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Draws is with LOD now? Yes. Okay. So... Uh and Say ongoing, there's been problems with Hawk and that he's been showing up late and they're working in Hawk's actual oh, real not life. Not showing up just late. They, they've full on said that Hawk's been drunk or on painkillers. Right. They've Be been saying which is, this, it's a work shoot. Yeah, it really is true. He really is addicted to these or things. Or I guess it's a shoot. And he really is. No, it's it's... It's it, a work. He is, it's a work like, shoot. He's, it is I, a work at shoot. this point, he's battling yeah. the addiction, but I don't think he's actually. He's not no, no, actually no, no, no. showing right, right. up to work. Yeah, he's not being unsafe while in the ring. Right. at this point, although I'm right, I'm, but it's part of the story. That that's the story they're telling, and it is also happening in real life. And the thinking there, from what I've heard from people, namely Bruce Pritchard, 
uh, talking about it is that he was on board. Hawk was on board with all of this, and they also looked at it as almost a way to keep him accountable. Like uh, as if like right. okay now, the, but I mean, truly though, I mean that's honestly not that bad idea that you can't be wasted at a bar falling over if all the fans know you have a problem and are gonna see you out I there. See. Like it does sort of put an extra onus on him to like, clean he, up his fucking act. He's in the writing room like, yeah, I got a problem. You're right. <laughs> Let's do this. But then they do um. So then Animal has brought in Draws to basically replace Hawk and made Hawk an alternate in the Legion of Doom. Right. So that's the tension that they're playing with at the ending of this match and and throughout. And actually, honestly, tell a good story in this. Or do a good job telling a shitty story in this match. And I like, I mean, LOD is a much better use of draws than uh, draws's world. Like, yeah. uh, I'm like, I, I'm basically Puck who throws up from the <laughs> real world. Like, it's like, what? I was actually curious <laughs> about this, by the way, like in terms of just uh, Hawk's alcohol problems or whatever. Um, did you, do you know what his like, what he would order when he when he would go to the bar, like what kind of what kind of alcohol? I have a sense what kind of alcohol he prefers, but I, I well, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have it. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm gonna let you have it. I was so excited. I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the straight man to you. We're, we're like the snowman and Fozzie Bear from that Christmas special. Vodka soda. Well, <laughs> Tito's okay. Uh... <laughs> I was so proud of myself. It was good. It was good. That was worth it. Uh, but again, the only thing I care about in this match is the haircuts. It, it's just so bad. It's like uh, they took, uh, it's like two dads had too much to drink at a kid's birthday party, went up to the face <laughs> painter, and they were like, okay, give me a spider right here. Yeah. And we, then do the rest like I have a Batman mask, except not as cool. We went to a, a David Bowie um, uh, party the, on last Saturday. Yeah. And uh, which, let me tell you, David Bowie dance parties in basements with smoke machines are really great when you're on Whole30 and not drinking. Yeah, when you're sober, oh boy. Actually, no, I'll take that back. I it had a good fun. time. It was I fun. had a good time. Well, it's funny you bring that up because uh, Hawk was going to a lot of David Bowie dance parties, and that was honestly <laughs> a big part of the problem. Well, they wanted to keep him accountable. He was like, listen, if you see me doing dancing to Modern Love, you just have to stop me. <laughs> no, but um, there was a face painter there, and I'm, I, that was kind of like our ongo- Like when we had nothing else to say, we're like, so you're going to go get your face painted? <laughs> Um. Okay. One thing I noticed. Well, first of all, I wrote why this match, and I don't think we have an answer, nope. right? It's just because DOA is there. It's just to further the story, and they have that little bit of background with with DOA. Well, he Although, programmed them. Though I will tell you, Eric, we never have to watch another DOA match for this podcast. Woo! Holy shit! They're going to be with the company for about another six months. Ugh. They never wrestle on a pay-per-view again. That is awesome. Oh, we're going to see them in a deep dive. What do I, can I avoid I don't them think so. I don't, I don't think so. There's something that they do with too much, I think, before they leave. But really, the, I think they do not enough. The only thing that they're doing at this point is like shotgun Saturday night and house shows. So I think we can wash our hands of these guys. Thank the fucking Lord. I, will, I promise to immediately forget their name. <laughs> um, one thing I also noted was... Uh, did you were you looking at Paul Ellering's uh, shirt? Not closely. I was distracted by his arms. It was a. It was. It seemed like some kind of generic, quote unquote, internet shirt, because on the front it said the web, and on the back it said the net. And I was like, literally, what is happening here? Are you? Are you like? Y2K or what? What is happening? Like, why? What is this shirt? It was swag from Sandra Bullock's The Net. 
but well, also from The Web, which was the competing movie that uh, Nicole Kidman was in. Actually, and then they were in <laughs> Practical Magic. And then they were in Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I actually thought it was directions on how to access them on the AOL Superstar line. So you go to <laughs> AOL.com slash sports slash wrestling slash the net slash. <laughs> click on The Web and then click on the net. Dot GeoCities. <laughs> Uh, can we move on? Please, can we move please, on? Please, please, can please, we move please. on? Great. Another match. Absolutely no build. Christian versus Taka. Oh, right. There's a light heavyweight division. Um. So I remember Christian from maybe the last pay-per-view where he just shows up, but all we see is his back. Christian is, in story, introduced as, at this point, Edge's brother. Edge's younger brother. He's aligned with Gangrel. He's a gothic. Yeah, he's living that gothic lifestyle. Um, yeah. he, he's oh, all about every, every time, hashtag goth life. Every time JR is saying gothic lifestyle in his head, he's saying, don't say gay, don't say gay, don't say gay, <laughs> don't say gay vampire, don't say but gay But I vampire. do love how Jerry, uh, Jerry Lawler was like, he got the puffy shirt, like Seinfeld. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, like what that reference is already dated at this point. I remember trying to explain goths to my father like around this time. Yeah, this was the time to do it. And his comment was like, wait, like Visigoths? And I'm like, no, I have nothing else to say to you. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's where that's sort of the, where it comes from, probably. But but no. yeah, but no, I know what you mean. Um, speaking of the shirt, Christian's shirt is not fitted. It no. it looks extreme, like not puffy, but like also just like the wrong size. Like he borrowed Gangrel's. Well, he looks like first of all a community theater production of Interview with the Vampire, the musical, yes. and so just like a real like high school theater production. None of the costumes fit exactly. Yeah. Well, they don't need to because they're they're gonna there's gonna be turnover. Also, the, what if he has a growth spurt? <laughs> <laughs> he is the younger brother. Um, and yeah, this is Christian's first match, first televised match with the company is for the light heavyweight championship. So, can you imagine the amount of faith that they had in this guy coming in? Well, he's coming in from the indies, and also he's been working in the development system for WWE for a little bit now. So there, he's not like fresh off the street. By any stretch, although um, Edge was living on the street, so I assume Christian. Well, they did. They really did enter the company. They really were working as a tag team before. Yeah. Um. They so that makes a lot of sense. Uh. But I liked this match. I like. I. I it felt like a good Raw match. I don't understand why it was on a pay per view. I agree. There's no heat. I don't understand why it's here. Well, but, first of all, that this match was amazing because Taka worked. That's what I mean. But bell Taka to bell, worked that shit. It was like both of these guys are really good. Bell to close to Bell. I did not think the finish of this was exciting. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great finish, but this was a pretty solid match. It yeah. also felt like a little something different than we're used to uh-huh. seeing. And sort of like after the fucking LOD, it was like, oh God, finally someone who can move. Um, I, but, but like, uh, yeah, was, sorry. But, but like, could we get a little bit of story building up? Was no. Yamaguchi-san chopping off of penises and selling the blood to the vampires and then he caught off the blood supply? Would love that. No, yeah, you know, Christian's got just got to move up. We don't need any reason. Um, I did note. I felt Christian's face looks different from what I've seen in their sketch show. Well, he's younger. I mean, yeah, I know, but like, there's something like his his face looked. I guess his face just looked a lot smoother and less like crunched as it looks now. I don't know what that. What yeah, because he's that. an old wrestler. I I no, I disagree. I feel like Christian, like like Edge. Recently coming back, Edge looks amazing, and the salt he has the same face. This, but the salt and pepper, no, he's he's much more defined and angular he's face, gaunt. and yeah, yeah. and the salt and pepper in his beard looks so good. 
Christian, I feel like looks if at least face wise looks exactly the same. Better. The, obviously, you know the haircut makes a big difference for me. <laughs> we know. Uh, so I think he looks a lot better. But I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm just like I I probably because I didn't know who Edge and Christian were like when I was watching when I would see the promos for it. I probably just was like I don't know. He's just some guy who I like. Edge is more stark looking. Yeah. And especially this, I mean, because he, he has all that, because, uh, and again, I'm going to go fashion for a little bit. You know, you guys sure. love that. Oh, uh, I've, he, got a, I've got a fashion point that I need because, to bring up. Uh, this, is more, this is more like a technical thing. Because, though, he's wearing this huge puffy shirt that's oversized. Yeah. He's showing up with sunglasses and, ha- and this long, huge mane of hair. It's like he's so covered. I feel like you don't even get in a sense of what his face looks like. Yeah. So I think also he looks so different because he's basically wearing a disguise. And we saw him for just a split second yeah. in the pay-per-view before. Um, do you notice that Christian has a cross on his pants? Oh, yes. Does Gangrel hate those pants? Well, you see, it's a gothic cross, and he lives a gothic right. lifestyle. It's actually upside down, and it's, it's uh, the way, you know, the, the Antichrist stuff. Um, do you think Gang- Gangrel touches the pants? It's like, ah, <laughs> too hot. But I've been thinking of it. There's a lot of stuff coming up. I, I agree. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about this a lot throughout this whole episode that this like undercard was really shitty on this. There's like nothing. The undercard yeah. is a mess in WWE right now, but the WWF right now, but the main event is so fucking wild. Um, but it's all going to change very soon, I believe, where like a lot of really interesting stories are coming for undercard guys. Um, that it's going to be fun, but we're not there yet, man. And this would have been so much better if it felt like there was. They wrote for them. Yeah. A little bit of a story. Um, I thought Gangrel looks a little like Mr. Perfect. Fangy Mr. Perfect. Uh, and also, like, uh, he had his hair pulled back. So he had that real, like, the, the ramen hair thing. Going also, it's on. very weird because I feel like Gangrel was getting over as a face and they're heels now. Oh, that's, I, I have this. I thought Christian was the face. It, cause, like, Christian seemed like he was getting, Gangrel and Christian seemed like they were over and Taka did not seem over. Taka seemed like he was getting heat. Well, there's, there's been so little writing as far as um the gangrel character and um and the the mixture of edge and everything there's really a lot of i feel like a lot of audiences filling in the blanks in their head and making their own story so i guess maybe in your head there's this something really cool going on and it's worth it to be behind these guys moving forward well i think the like originally gangrel and i know it does sound insane that he's a vampire and it's so and that's very dumb but it was it's a bad, the theme music is dope. He looks actually pretty fucking cool. I gotta say, and like the mm. blood spitting and stuff, not like the, the blood pour at the end of the matches, but even his, in his entrance, pretty yeah. bad. The coming up to the ring. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't think, fucking cool. I don't think it's any dumber than Undertaker and Kane stuff. No. So, that, so I think it got over really quickly because the gimmick was so good. It was a, it's a really like, good oh, gimmick. Oh, it's another dark character. We like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but also, but again, it's good. It really is like a little something different and it's so, it felt like a 360 kind of like full experience. It is good. So it makes sense that the audience responded so well to it, but I think they're kind of stuck because they're obviously trying to set up this Gangrel Edge thing, putting a lot behind Edge as like the future in the company and things like that. And so they're giving him the face rub so they got to make Gangrel more of a heel. But, but God, I mean, just seeing him come back, just we're recording this right at the week after Royal Rumble. It all paid off. I'm so excited that he's back. Uh, you, the, we have, we haven't even, we haven't even scraped the very surface of it. No, edge. he's, no, there's, he's done nothing so far. We are, at le- we maybe, he's truly done nothing. We might be, I want to say at least a year or about a year, maybe. Mm, no, not yet, but we're, 
I'm trying to think. We're but good things are coming sooner than you would think. I would yeah. say, Bobby. Okay. Because again, it's so weird. We talked about this on our last deep dive too. That like, in my memory, a lot of things are happening further apart than yeah. when you know the, it turns out it all happened very close together. And not to mention, we're recording five months worth of pay per views in the next two months. So uh... yeah, I mean, we're but but I'm saying that even like watching them sequentially is mm-hmm. like, oh wow, this was two different weeks. Yeah. I really thought this was two different years. Um, <laughs> it's vi- it's so weird how. Yeah. I, I, Memory works. <laughs> <laughs> like the corners of my mind. I was going to say, thanks, Proust. <laughs> Val versus Goldust is but, the next one up. By the way, uh, bef- like in between. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, in between the matches, have you, did you, have you noticed that they've been doing the electronic O Fortuna? It was like, dun, 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 dun. I don't know. That's been, that was like playing throughout the pay per view. Uh, be down for that party. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, kind of fun. Anyway, Val versus Goldust, and honestly, talking about talk about somebody who is over, I was not expecting Goldust to be so over. You and me both, buddy. I mean, the pops that he got in the in in his return on yeah. the Raws, definite. I don't like this whole thing okay. so much. I mean, de- I mean, obviously, it's a it's a attempt to finally finish the Brian Pillman story they started. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing the same story. I don't understand why Goldust was just recently a heel um, complaining about being like a, a no fun uh, religious zealot. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's back as a face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't buy, you know, we already talked about Terry's like, who's the victim, who, like, who's the victim here? Who's the wronged one here? Mm-hmm. That doesn't track. Val was hot. And I think that this turning him heel here killed all of his momentum is he a heel here and here he is absolutely playing the heel absolutely with terry's interference the way the gold the reaction that gold dust got the way they cheered him, him getting kicked in the dick um he's the heel in this match okay but he was so not for we it's, it's very strange it's very it's very strange but i mean it's i almost feel like when gold dust music hit on that raw and it got an insane pop from the audience then they might have had to do some work on the fly and be like, oh, I guess that uh, Val's going to be the bad guy for this one here. I also, you know, wasn't watching. So, I, you know, like for me, this was a, a big, big a, a surprise. Like, you know, when we talked about, uh, you know, where he would go with that gimmick and I was like, I think he'll be the savior. Um, and you're like, mm, just don't try to guess. I... Again, because I, you know, only saw from last one to this one, it was a very big shock. There was something, and I, I, I'm totally buying everything you're saying, Bobby. Like, it, it totally makes it makes sense as an argument. Like, none of this makes any sense. It's like like that. But my lizard brain loved the whole like, like he shall return, and then it's like it's about gold dust, not about Jesus. Like, and I'm like that. That part that's I pretty love. good. I love that. That's shit. pretty good, right? Like that is like, good. He's coming. He will. He will return. And I'm like, <gasps> it, it, for it to be his old fucking gimmick, that's great. But yes, um, the rest of everything you said made sense. I did love, and this is I think from the raw, not the pay per view, but they showed the clip on the pay per view, the Valvinus balls cam. They yeah. have him. They have him in the corner. They have his legs, you know, out on the turnbuckle, so Goldust can come give him a running kick. But the camera is placed um, like under the turnbuckle that Val is sitting on. Therefore, you get like a very up close look 
of like his undercarriage. You get um, some seeds in your teeth. You go, <laughs> sure did. We also had a return of the usher in the build for this. Who uh, usher? Yeah, who uh, <laughs> delivered Val a gold-plated uh, jock or not jock strap? Uh, cup, athletic cup. cup. Smart. That's like that's a nice touch. Um, I mean, this yeah, match was not this, good. It's a turn of a match. It's a turn of a match. I think because of the the confusement about the alignments and everything. And I don't think these guys. Um, I don't think these guys worked well. Like, I don't think the match was exciting. This is a blood no. match, and there's like so many rest holds. There's so much, and it's like. Wow, feel how deep and emotional and personal this rivalry is. Yeah, this this felt very like felt like a raw. Yeah, it just didn't have good. It just wasn't an exciting match. Uh, the whole time in my mind, I was just thinking, have the three of them fuck you, cowards, <laughs> dude. Yeah. That would be a great. I, where's where's mm, we get? Uh, has there been a thruple story? I'm not gonna say no. Well, but I, I, I I'm not for. sure. I'm I have to confirm, but yeah, that's great. And just, oh, and fuck, fuck Jr. Too. Um, she should be ashamed of herself. Look how she's dressed out there. Fuck uh, your moralizing. Because once again, I we do need to point out that Goldust dumped her after Brian Pillman enslaved her for a month. Yes. Also, that's Vince's idea of uh, conservative. <laughs> <laughs> So I think she's doing fine. I mean, I I just I think it's such lazy, shitty storytelling. This like Jezebel cuckold bullshit, and they do it so much. And I think it's so bad. And it this is the kind of thing. And I know I'm gonna sound dramatic, and I'm sorry, I am a snowflake, but this is the kind of thing that sets the groundwork and the foundation for the women's division and the divas to to hit their low lows. Like it's this attitude. Um, and this sort of like uh, s- groundwork and base reality they're kind of setting that like women are not to be trusted um, and they are yours and they belong to you. And if you don't, if they if they aren't respecting you or whatever, it's, they're evil and all these things. And like that's how we end up with like women and putting matches and shit. Like it's just I just n- I never liked it even as a kid and I really don't like it. now. Do you know anything about the women's division like in 95 when Medusa left? I do not. I was yeah. not. I was not watching that. Yeah. Okay. I just kind of wonder how it was treated, if it had the same kind of like sideshow aspect From to it. what or... I understand, especially um, Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakano are the are two of the famous ones. I mean, Wendy O'Richter uh, did some wrestling, and who else were like some other ones? I mean, like, was it Sherry Martell, maybe? Uh, there was just like a bunch of like women that were hosses, but they didn't get, they never got the time or the validation, but they also weren't uh, just like, gross treated as gross they definitely were treated as athletes but they'd be like almost like the light heavyweights they were like a little feature in a show for something different yeah. i mean i'd be down the only way i'd be down with this storyline once again would be if they found a way to fucking turn it on its head yeah if it was like if it was like um you know the the woman leaves you know the guy for somebody else and then turns out the two guys like like find a connection and leave the woman Something like you know, kind of like the way that that they've that people have tried to re remake Jolene, yeah, Dolly Parton song, um, you know, something where it's different because otherwise, like, I mean, they're doing it now, right? Is isn't they're doing? And they're going the, to keep doing it, Eric. Right, yeah. Lana, they're Lana still with Bobby Lashley. Like, fuck this shit. It's not fun. Yep, not into it. Uh, Goldust picks up the W here. Oh right, there was a match. Yeah, 
I thought nobody won. I didn't realize. You know the real loser was? The audience. But then uh, I think things kind of picked up with the next one, at least. Another meeting of the X-Pac versus D-Lo Society. I like these two guys yeah. when they work. And I think this is one of their, I, this might be my favorite one I've seen so far. I know, like our rewatch. Oh, I don't know. I, maybe I was already bored from the from what led to this. So I was hey, just kind of like, oof. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. They, they re, you know, you know, when you have like, like a, you know, like a comedy show and there's like that one person who's a little bit, you know, who kind of like brings the energy down and you're like, well, doesn't matter what you're what you're what you're presenting to me afterwards because it's gonna take me a while to dig out of that hole. And and keep in mind, it was Al Snow, Mark Marrow, D O A L O D, Christian Taka, Val Goldust, all in a row. I don't care if I don't care what's up next unless it's The Rock or Austin. Fuck it. And there's no. I mean, it's gonna be hard. Yeah. Uh, and even when it is The Rock, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Um. So the nation is history. Can you tell me about that? Uh. Sure. Um. It started with uh, the nation attacking The Rock, and then. It was just why and reasons. Um, just kind of like I I guess you could argue that the Rock, because the Rock star has shined, that he's kind of like turned his back on them. But they didn't even bother to really give us any kind of explanation. Why so, we don't deserve it? So now the <laughs> yeah we're yeah, pigs. Yeah, piggies. We're little oh, fucking oh, wrestling oh, piggies. Oh, the little piggy wants an explanation. He wants his hand held through the wrestling. No. <laughs> oh, do you want me to read you the story before you go to sweep? Um and and so uh, uh Dilo and Mark Henry are the surviving remnants at this point. They'll to continue to uh coexist and work as a tag team for a little while longer here. Um but the nation kind of ended with a whimper, not a bang. Mm. Okay. Well, they brought they brought us some good times. They brought us a lot of good people. They're now states. <laughs> It got a bigger laugh than I thought. <laughs> um, and the other story that we've got going on concurrently is China and Mark Henry. Mark Henry is suing China for um sexual harassment. Right. So, but he's also sexually harassing her. Right. And it they have it all on camera. So I don't really understand how like when you just. It's not going to help the video. Yeah, yeah. The time that he he was, uh, they had her held down, and he was attempting to uh, force himself on her. But apparently, the sight of her ass in a thong was too much for him to bear. Even though he's now calling her his girlfriend, we'll talk about that a bit more later. Yeah, or we don't have to either. You know, fortunately, he's got time in this pay per view dedicated to his pursuit of China, which is great. Uh. What did I like in this one? There was that low blow during the Bronco Buster that looked really good. So there was a very this well. A, this was a these two could go. I I'm a big D'Lo Brown fan, um, and I think this was a really good match. I like I like the finish a lot. Um, I'm too. I uh, so much so that I think I would like D'Lo to have held on to the European Championship. I like him with it a little bit more than X Pac, just because. I think a heel with a championship is, or one of these mid card championships is always better than having people chase it. But yeah, an X Pac, uh, yeah, not a champion. I'm excited about. Is this the blow off of of them? I don't. I don't remember to be honest. I don't well, think it's sure. over. I'll be surprised. Yeah, I I don't think this is a. I think this continues, especially with all the China stuff and. Because I I mean if he loses and he has chances to get it back, I'm not I'm not upset about it. Sure, sure, sure. Um. Yeah, I just I really like Dilo, and that's 
one of the things that I'm getting out of this rewatch is just how fucking good he is. Yep. But I don't have a ton to say about this match. No. I enjoyed it. It was no. a good raw it was a good raw level match. Um Yeah, kind of a sloppy ending on this one here and the slowest count ever. I liked though the the idea of the ending, the the catching him and, mm-hmm. and into the X Factor was dope. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's cool. I, I thought I thought it looked, I thought it looked pretty cool. Right. He was doing the frog splash and then yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that like moment he grabbed his head and did the landing. And that was pretty good. And then we went backstage to Michael Cole, who told us that Paul Bearer was spotted going into Taker's locker room. And I do have to say, you guys were spared from on the uh, Sunday Night Heat watching Paul Bearer heap ladle after ladle of gravy onto his plate at catering and then pick up a piece of cake and then go back for the fifth brownie, I want to say. Wow. I I wish we watched that. (laughs) I, I actually might go home and watch it. Because that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Um, I have a note. I don't even remember what it's about. It just says rumor about Undertaker. Well, because at this point... Um... <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I, I have taken... Um... Zana- no, what... Ambien? Ambien. And then like I watch these and I'm just like, purple disco. What? I don't know. We should definitely all take Ambien and try to record a uh, oh mini so. No, oh, that'll be the, the Patreon content. <laughs> It'll be thirty minutes of silence yeah. while uh, we all sleep. <laughs> oh, so yeah, all night. Um, Paul Bearer. So first, he goes into um, first he goes into the Undertaker's locker room, and then he goes into Kane's locker room. So there's a doings a transpire in there. So we'll... he's, he's fluffing them before the match. <laughs> not even I find not even I find that sexy. Yes, yes, Queen. Uh, Do you find find the Undertaker sexy? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I guess at t- I, I mean I I don't think I ever find him sexy. Are there times when I feel like I would have sex with him? Probably. Yes, I would say yes. When he does that plancha over the ropes. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I thought we had a a good promo from the Headbangers. I loved this Headbangers promo. It was so bad, but it's so good. I mean, I wrote down a couple. I mean, obviously, the big thing everyone talks about is says the only thing the outlaws are tag teaming is each other, uh-huh. which is a, which is like a pretty sick burn, and like and like also like a little too dirty for TV. I'm like, yeah, also doesn't quite make sense when well, but then even mm. says but it follows it up with you guys are just constantly putting each other over and all this stuff uh-huh. like yeah they're like self-absorbed fucking circle like jerk each other off like that's the that's what they're saying and i but i love the thing i'm just saying that that the 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 heart of the tag team is is two people going with with another person correct right so they're yeah. they're, they're working in concert they're single-handedly you might say <laughs> uh working together but the line here I really loved is when they're like, your head smashed our boombox, and now we can't listen to our Marilyn Manson backwards. No, 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 no. Now we can't listen to our Marilyn Manson CDs backwards. <sighs> you can't listen to CDs backwards. Nice. That's not a thing that you but can do. But that's why, I honestly- Do you think they went that's in funny. and were trying to turn it? And... <laughs> I literally, that's even funnier. Yeah, Thrasher can't really talk. No. Also, is it me, or did Mosh age like 10 years since they won the belt? Is Mosh the better looking one? Mm, the the, the rounder headed one. one. Yeah, he's better looking. The other guy, Thresh, has got worse teeth. I'm he's got so terrible glad you, teeth. I, I always had a very um, like Mosh was always very high on my fuck list. I think we talked about this. We before. talked about um, this. I, I remember. I retain nothing. <laughs> it's all right. I, my brain is a sieve. We're living in the past, the present, and the future. 
Yeah, but headbangers, I don't know. They used to be cool to me, but not so much. The Tide Division oh, just sucks now. Oh, you mean now. because they're not faces anymore? God, what what a mark, huh? <laughs> the Tide Division just isn't there now. It's like not really their fault. I don't think they're great and like missed their chance or anything, but they were pretty solid. And I think they had the right competition at the time because Billy Gunn and Road Dogg are catchphrases. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of like Enzo and Cass where it's like once they do the shtick, no one really cares about uh, the match. I'm sorry. And we're going into um, the Headbangers versus the New Age Outlaws for the um, Tag Team Championship. But JR says that Billy Gunn may be the best pure athlete in yeah. the WWF. Really? He, you know what? Someone else uh, helped themselves to a lot of gravy on that one. <laughs> like, he was going back to the catering table. I was just, Every time they try to talk up Billy Gunn, I'm like, which Billy Gunn are you talking about? <laughs> Like, is this the same Billy Gunn is very good, and his stock has definitely ro- risen in the past few months. He definitely doesn't like sell bumps the way, like in the insane way he used to. But when you have like The Rock in there, I don't think anyone can say that Billy Gunn is the best pure athlete out there. You have The Undertaker, who literally jumps. Is and- dead. <laughs> yeah, he's a dead person. He shouldn't even have any tendons. He. Jumps he fights over, over three ropes. rigor mortis every <laughs> single time he moves his limbs. Yeah, he's 28 days later but dead we have... and like not, you know, uh, uh, Night of the Living, Night of Living dead. dead dead. Mark Henry is the world's strongest man. I mean, mm-hmm. Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn. I mean, yeah. like just off the top of my head. I mean, like better athletes. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Austin can operate a cement truck. It's got to take something. <laughs> Even Vince it, can drive a clutch yeah, with a broken foot. Vince plays polo. <laughs> Apparently, I kind of enjoyed this match, though, because I wrote, this one got me into it. I don't really know what that means. I don't, I don't have um, any there, real fond memories of this. There was a good leapfrog. I, I, well, you have to explain it to me, because it was like a, a leapfrog tandem move from the Headbangers. I don't recall the move specifically, <laughs> so you're going to have to give me a bit more detail. I don't know. It was like one one uh, headbanger, probably Mosh or whatever, was like kind of crouched and the other one literally did like a leapfrog over him to to get the guy who was in the corner. I don't know. Oh, okay. Bobby's over here doing his uh, his Bill Clinton impression. I do not recall. No, that, that would be a, a, leapfrog, a leapfrog corner splash is what I would probably call it, if, I'm, if it's what I'm thinking. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. That was a real Lawler comment. Aaron. Like, <laughs> oh, but Bill Clinton, he's of the time. Oh, uh, hey, how about that dress, if you know what I mean? Um, and then I also noted that uh, I never thought Billy Gunn would uh, pull a Hurricane Rana. Like, I mean, I know it's actually the other guy who's doing yeah. it, but like Billy, that's not a Billy Gunn moveset. So it was interesting to see him do that. Maybe that's how he became the best athlete. It ends with that boombox attack. And then we've got JR shilling left and right, making sure that we all know it's not a JVC kaboom box. <laughs> I wanted a JVC kaboom box. Probably more than I wanted anything else in my entire life. I mean, like, truly, I would rather have, if my parents were like, all right, you can go to the next WWE pay-per-view or we can get you a JVC Kaboom Box, like, Kaboom Box, Kaboom Box, Kaboom Box. I wanted it literally more than anything. Can you explain to me what it was a like, Kaboom Box um, was supposed to be? It was a very 90s-looking redesign of the classic, like, on-the-shoulder Boom Box, except it almost was, like, shaped like a duffel bag. And, and I think yeah, the speakers it was rounded on the, on the side, and I feel yeah. like the speakers were, were definitely at the end. Yeah, like, kind of almost like a barbell. Yeah, so it was, like, a, almost like a, well, you have, like, a, it was like a Beats pill, except, like, uh, the size of a Boom Box you would carry on your shoulder. Okay. 
Um, Except they were also pretty heavy, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it was an extremely 90s thing. They were more meant for wrestling. (laughs) They're actually better as weapons. Yeah. I actually had a boombox. So in, in, I guess, in middle school to high school. Yeah, middle school, I I got like a boombox, like a Panasonic. It had um, the two tape deck, the the, the double tape deck. Of course. The CD uh, player. And, and, you know, that was, you know, and then I think the speakers... You could unhook them from the mains. Oh set, yeah, I think like, that oh, yeah. was. They uh, would stretch out a little bit. I think that was the same one that uh, Road Dog used to attack later on in the match. Yeah, you might. I think you're probably right. Think, it, I, it, 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 that's what made me think of yeah, it. I was it like, this like looks very apart. similar to what I had. Um, I used that boombox for more years than I care to count. Like <laughs> into my maybe mid to late twenties. No one is surprised at that, Eric. I keep things for a while. I'm. I'm. Surprised that you don't still have that in a closet that Talia keeps asking you to clean out. You know when I got rid of it? When when I moved out of our place. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess it's time. That was like three years ago? Four, uh, four years four, ago now. Uh, three and change. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I always had like the like the twenty-five disc changer. I like was I would like, feel like I used to upgrade my stereo like every year. That'd be the one thing I wanted for Christmas because I'm stereo, stereo, stereo. I think the three disc changer was the 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 biggest that I ever got. Ooh, I th- I think at one point I got up to like a hundred where they like slide in like jukebox style. Yeah, like standing up, and that yeah. I felt like truly I was like this is the height of luxury. That was like more entertainment center things. But the other thing was like, how did you know what number sixty seven was? Did you have to like come up with a menu? If, oh, I know. Oh, if it's Bobby, I know that he, that he probably had a notebook at the oh, side, yes. like a ledger uh-huh. that 100%. he was keeping track of. Hundred percent. If I had I had a spreadsheet, it would have been a spreadsheet. I definitely, I'm sure you guys had the 200 CD wallet that stayed with you in the car. Well, it came with me everywhere. It was in my backpack. It was in everywhere I went. I had those, and then I started noticing that they were rubbing the CDs raw. So I started pulling them out. Like, um, it would just it would the it would break. It would it, it would basically erase the CD from the from the pressure of it. If you kept it in there long enough, so I started. Really? I went back to using um, to using cases. Yeah, and now oh, you, oh maybe, now I, maybe I'm thinking of something different. Then I was thinking of like the the soft like cases that have the, the little like slits you put in it. Yeah. What are you talking Those. about? Those. The they had like if you put them in and after like I would see them after a while and it would just be like like the 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 backing. Is this thing that happens? That Did you see this happen too? I've never, I never had, had an issue with this. I've never had a CD like Go check your old CDs. A, I still have I, mine. I have mine too and I I I <laughs> I'll keep I keep my DVDs what? in the same way. I mean also to you keep guys in mind You still have your CDs. Also keep well, in Well what if what if Spotify decides, you know what, we're not working anymore. Oh, Do you have don't... a CD player? Yes. I mean, I have I have a, an old I have a, that has a I have CD a PlayStation. Player. That's true. That's true. Thank you. Uh, I have mine too. I have like mixed CDs that like I want to keep. Yeah, up. I have I have mixed CDs. I have like certain CDs that like I don't think are very like common to find. Like I found I have like stuff that is harder to get. And, yeah, like, that means a lot to me. I have a lot of like live stuff. I'm I'm not like a deadhead or anything with like live bootlegs, but I do used to have I have I I love I love covers, and so I had a lot of I have a lot of cover songs. I also still have a car that has a CD player, so now I just... he also still has a car. Yeah, but you know, like, <laughs> and it doesn't have an aux cord to hook your iPhone in. It absolutely does not. No, I when we go on the road, I bring a bunch of CDs in their cases because I don't want to fucking like I want them to stay in pristine condition. And we put on, you know, I'll keep like six or seven in there and we'll just uh, rotate through those. I don't I honestly don't know why I'm surprised about any of this. Yeah, really. Um, We're prolonging. Wow. The best moment of 
this entire pay-per-view. Yeah, this is real. Oh, yeah, this is great. Mankind is backstage with Michael Cole giving just an incredible promo. Can you catch us up on the the raw to this point? Because a lot has had the setup the setup for this match. About oh, so there was a uh, European or sorry, there was an intercontinental championship tournament that happened on a single raw because so, of Triple H's leg injury. Yes, exactly. So the same raw that we saw the attack on Vince McMahon. Wait, let me let me check on that. No, no, no. The same raw that Stone Cold Steve Austin filled a, a, a Corvette with cement. We also had an entire tournament for the vacant intercontinental tournament intercontinental title uh we had shamrock versus blackman and that's when um the blue blazer attacked the first time after shamrock won and then shamrock has been more of an aggressor at this point attacking after the win uh mark merrill versus val venus jeff Jarrett versus x-pac mankind versus mark henry but it all came down to x-pac versus shamrock in the title there and then they're just like, well, we booked a match against Mankind here, so I guess we're fighting for the Intercontinental title. Sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But we at least get this promo. Oh, my God. That burn on Shamrock. What was? What did he say about he... I think he said something basically about how Ken Shamrock is not interesting and doesn't know have anything to say. Yeah, it was the most boring promos or something like like. But but mankind interacting with Mr. Sacco and then stripping Mr. Sacco to reveal his underwear, which is his his human yeah. hand wrapped in tape, ready to give the mandible claw, was wonderful. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I feel like he had rested mandible claw for a little bit, so to see the comeback mm-hmm. is great. Um, this match for me hard hitting, but for most of it lacking any real drama. I agree. I agree. I don't think these two had great chemistry together. I don't think they like. Their styles to me just like weren't exciting because like Ken Shamrock is so. I mean, physical's not the word I'm looking for. Technical, I guess, would be the yeah. word I'm looking for. And mankind is such like a brawler. Uh-huh. Yeah, that like uh, submission holds and stuff like that don't really uh, sell to with mankind the same way. Well, no, Ooh, because with the finish and, and, there, and but Lawler was doing the whole thing of like mankind. Mankind might even like it. You know what? I think he's. I think he's gonna come right now. <laughs> Man, Mankind's been edging all day for this match. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. He loves the toe hole. He, to- he loves the toe lock. Uh, anyone have anything to say about the early part of this match, nope. or can we skip to skip the finish? To the finish. <laughs> Let's skip to that finish. Awesome. Run us through, Bobby. Uh, the finishes, uh, Shamrock has Mankind in the ankle lock. Mankind puts himself in the mandible claw until he passes out. Declared unable to continue, Shamrock is the winner by mandible claw. The ring announcer never announces the way that, that a person is finished. <laughs> By Tombstone Pile Driver. <laughs> the ring announcer, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Mankind has been, uh, has been has been submitted, used through, and Shamrock's like, yeah, yeah, through the mandible claw. What? No! Oh, yeah, no, he gets angry. Um, How dare you uh, take my ear away from me? Yeah, he, re- he really wanted, uh, he just wanted credit, man. Just... I like it made me think that there had been some sort of build up where they were like, well, you know, wh- who's got the who's got the better submission hold? Is it the ankle lock? Is it the mandible claw? Did they even do <laughs> Shawn any Michaels of that? has had both and he, he thinks they're both. <laughs> I think they're they're equally good. I mean, but no, but had they talked about this? Was this like like was there a build up to the idea of like Oh man, we're finally gonna see mandible claw versus ankle lock, and no. oh no, this is mankind coming up with it. 
I mean, it's a brilliant thing, but like, it was so out of left field that they had to sell it with the with the announcer because it was like, you know, you I, I we all got it, but like, to be able to get that that payoff of Ken Shamrock being upset, you need to have the the announcer saying something. Uh yeah, and I mean, I I think. I mean, him being upset makes sense for who they've built him up to be in recent weeks, just kind of wanting to destroy everything in his path. And so having that that trophy taken away from him, I think it makes sense. It's just uh, it re- relies on a lot of uh, suspension of disbelief and, and a lot of tropes that just don't exist. It's, a, it's a big jump to make. And it just sort of, it just feels like a sort of heatless finish to protect both guys. And mm-hmm. so it's yeah. not satisfying for anybody. Yeah. What was, well, the finish was cool. Like the idea that Mick Foley will not, would rather, would rather choke make himself, himself out. pass out than yes. submit to this right here. I like that. But why couldn't he just pass out? Like we've seen count, like we've seen more recently so much of the person who refuses to tap, but instead, like, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler uh, tap. Nap or snap? Well, yeah, because nap, uh, because pass out from the pain. I don't know, but but that doesn't work with what they've built up with Mick Foley. He's immune, uh, not immune to the pain, but he, but you know what? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, but I think what they're saying though is that he has the, his tolerance for pain is so high. Yeah. Um. So then, why would he even have? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the the extra wrinkle here yeah, doesn't um, the it, way I thought of there's it, like okay. there's a gap in the logic somewhere. I mean it it is a like the move itself is a real fun move. It just does it does it's not very supported by a lot of things because the move itself the, okay is like it's basically I thought I was which wrestling move are you talking about there, Eric? But no, I know what you mean. The game move, the game move, the yeah. move of saying like I'm gonna give myself the mandible claw. Um, to rob him of something because I'd I'd rather use this thing on myself than like give anything is a cool move. It just there's not a lot supporting any of it. Again, if they had built story around this is that's what it is. This is this is going to be a a, a match to see who's got the ultimate submission move. Then it becomes like oh shit. But the way it is, I mean, I guess like the the logic with what they presented is I can't get out of this ankle lock. And I can't, and but like I'm not, but like you know, I I won't be, I'm not gonna submit, and I can't get out of the ankle lock. I know. Let me just end this by like doing it to myself. My own. Here's the thing. You know what it is? There's very little story for this, and yet this finish is some petty gay bullshit. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Because I think what I'm thinking of, what I'm saying, like I would rather him just like pass out from the pain of the ankle lock, because that to me shows toughness. Yeah. Mankind choosing to submit himself. Means he's being kind of like a petty bitch, you know what I mean? Being like, na 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 na, I'm not letting yeah. you have this. Yeah, yeah. No, but they totally. don't really have a, but they don't really have a the feud to justify exactly. why he would do that to himself instead of trying to fight out or fighting the pain to the to the absolutely absolutely can't. Yeah. So doing this, oh, I'm a spoiled something in the zeitgeist. I don't want to talk about it. But no. that that that's my problem is that it's a personal attack for a rival that wasn't personal that was built up on physicality, and the finish had nothing to do with physicality and everything to do with. Uh, personal pettiness. Yeah, they, they built up no stakes. There were That's no stakes problem. around that finish. I agree. The big boss man's back. Oh hey, I'm excited. I you know I remember big boss man from when he was wearing blue, mm-hmm. and when he was a wrestling buddy. Um, he looks pretty good. He is down a significant amount of weight. I think they're billing. Um, I think they're billing him at like 290. 
and but previously he was billed at 350 360 if something again i heard numbers pitchers podcast i'm not trying to take credit for that uh, um but but he has he has slimmed down significantly since his first run well now that he works for blackrock he has to <laughs> they have standards on on fitness look i gotta say i'm not looking for a cop gimmick period but uh <laughs> yeah, never forget all cops are bastards. this is very much so a great a, a pretty decent way to update it than having him come back in like the classic boss man attire like to give it that 90s right it is like it is like a 90s edge to it which so i gotta say like if you're gonna do it they did they they made they made very purposeful decisions here and it kind of makes yeah he's kind of dressed a little bit like uh riot Cobra. please well it's right it's right it's supposed to be like riot gear oh is that riot gear it's supposed mm-hmm. that's what's supposed to be oh i thought he was of. like kind of like a hired he he almost seemed like hired security and not like a riot gear okay it read to me it but read hired to me security like, yeah, works a, as well because he is hired security yeah. like he's not a cop right not a cop i'm he's not a, a cop he's, out, he's, he's not a cop he works outside the law no we we every every day we have to ask to see big boss man's tits because we <laughs> want to see if he's wearing a wire oh <laughs> uh, hey we have to do it let's just have this let's just have the mark henry rock this match was less than 10 minutes we can talk about it in less than two okay mark henry faced the rock the end mark henry wins stupid um oh well first mark, uh, mark henry reads Henry's a terrible poem poem okay. i mean this poem is and again terrible. This is some another example of like just like stupid sixth grade boy humor. I always tell my creative writing students imagery in poetry. Don't just spout your bullshit feelings. Imagery. Did he memorize that poem? I'm sure he was making it up on the spot. Wait, <laughs> no, he made it no, rhyme. No like, way was that true. A hundred percent. That was poet written. laureate Mark Hen- Marcus Henry is not. I Vince no, wrote that. I, yeah, I think that was something that he definitely he was either reading off a cue card or he memorized it. I mean, it because like okay, yeah, there were a couple places where it didn't rhyme, but like it kind of it took a real journey and it still and it made sense. And and I feel like if if anybody were to uh, make it up on the spot, there would be a lot more pauses. Um. I think the worst part about this is that Mark Henry got a promo and we didn't hear anything from The Rock. And yet, the pops. Yeah. Plural that The Rock gets. Yeah. He don't even open his mouth. Amazing. Just what a fucking superstar. And it's so dumb. I mean, I, it's fine. Rock is obviously on to bigger and better things. Let's put this feud away. Try to give Mark Henry a little bit of a rub. Um, he's clearly a star on the rise. And so... It's fine, and it's not like he won't recover from this, obviously, but... Dumb yes. squash. Yes, Mac. but, Ugh. I mean, it just... They have to close the chapter on the nation, and there's no way... Nothing, nothing's going to slow The Rock down now, so they might as well give a rub to, to Mark Henry. I know... I know, I, I, I know. know. I, look, I know we can say that, and I know that The Rock is a success machine. Like, he, he and John Cena are, like, genetically... Um, genetically made just to be these fame success monsters for like the rest of their careers. But still they knew what happened with Rocky Maivia. And so the fact that they were willing to risk it without giving him a lot more to do in this match and to stay in this match, I feel like taking a month off with, with everything they ran the risk of, of ruining his momentum. Obviously, it paid off, but it was a stupid gamble. Place. 
Eh, I don't know. I just think this was a this is a very low stakes pay per view, and it feels like they were like whatever. Like, no, it it all felt very whatever. I mean, for uh, even okay, so let's let's to walk through what happens. They wrestle. Uh, Rock does people's elbow, gets a huge pop for it. They mm. people fucking love it. That that camera shot every time, like the hard camera. That's just I think they know go to that go to that shot like his back getting ready to you know pulling off the the elbow pad and then doing the people's elbow awesome great um then at some point uh, uh Mark Henry like knocks him around gets him down pins him and then D'Lo holds Rock's legs while uh while Mark Henry is is pinning him to prevent him from kicking out. I personally thought that the rock could have struggled a little more on that, on that, like, I gotta, hold. I gotta say, as Eric was just describing there, I like zoned out in the exact same way that I did when I was watching this filter. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. It wasn't good. I also had a 3d animation when I was telling that. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Eric just turned into a missile silo. But like, yeah, like even I, I thought even the even like Rock could have like sold that a little bit better. It just it was not a good outing for anybody, really. Yeah. All right, on to the good stuff, or at least on to like, the stuff. Kind Is of this good, a good kind stuff. On to the last well. stuff. Um, I. So you guys listened to our mini sode last week where we went into a lot of the build up for this particular match in Austin, what he was going through, the stipulations. There was definitely a part of me that wished we hadn't let Eric watch anything and then he just had to watch the opening package for this and try to make sense of it. I feel like your head would have exploded like First scanners. All, the part where the bedpan hits uh, Vince McMahon and you're boink! <laughs> you're like, come <laughs> on, guys. It wasn't enough to just get a real thud sound. You needed to like add in the cartoon. But I don't think we've come out and said it so far thing about this match is we've got Undertaker and Kane for the vacant title. Austin has been named by Vince McMahon as the special guest referee, and if he does not hold up somebody's hand in victory, granting them the title and humbling himself, he will be fired on the spot. He will be what? Kind of. Fired! He'll be fired! 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 It's that those edits were batshit. That shit crazy. Um, okay. Things to talk about. First off, uh, on the positive note, I think this is my favorite Undertaker theme. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. It's good. I don't know. I still like the old one. I love like the screaming guitars in there in the middle. Um, I mean, I'm the the other one's classic, and it's why it's still endured to today. But this one here just like mm, gets me going. I'm a purist. I like the old one. <laughs> Did you did you guys think that the fire was gonna like form letters on the fence? It looked like it could have been a letter. No, but I was like, I mean, that is on obviously it was on purpose. But at first, I was like, oh, the set's on fire, which like wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. You know what I mean? It's Judgment Day. I thought this match was bad. Oh, the match with again, no. Uh, everyone knows what's gonna happen here, or everyone knows that is waiting for whatever's gonna happen to happen. Like there's no point. There were so few near falls because, so it's just like two guys, two ghosts kicking each other. Like I was like, what am I watching? Also, 
like there were a lot of I just had a lot of questions. Like I was like, what was the reasoning for Austin favoring Kane over Taker? Like why was he doing a slow count when Taker was pinning Kane and a fast count when Kane was pinning Taker? I don't know. Um none of it made it it just didn't make any sense. It I was mean, just like what He's just an agent of chaos. I think like his actions throughout were just like kind of like unpredictable agent of chaos stuff oh, and like yes, just I disruptive in general. I I did have a note early on where I was like, Austin should just ref every match because I like how he was just like, you want to use this cable? You can strangle him with the cable. Cable? <laughs> Here's a chair. Use the chair. It was great when he was, did like the no hair pulling, the no kicks below the belt, and fuck you too with the double <laughs> finger guns yeah. to start off the match. Um... I don't really have anything to say about the match itself. No, let's just skip to the finish. Okay, skip to the finish. So, finish of the match, uh, you know, Austin's been getting involved, you know, separating the guys in the corner, that kind of thing throughout the match. Obviously, tensions are increasing throughout the match. Uh, at the end, lays into Kane. Eventually, they come to blows, Kane and Austin. Austin lays him out with a stunner and a chair, I believe, Kane first. Sure. Um, and then goes on to go into it with The Undertaker, stuns, hits him with a chair. Kane and Undertaker are both out on the canvas. Austin, using two hands, counts both the men down. One, two, three, declares himself the winner and new champion. Did you mention Paul Bearer? I did not mention Paul Bearer. Okay, Do you want to mention well, Paul Bearer? Well, because Paul Bearer, it, we get from the match that he has realigned himself with The Undertaker. Bearer, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a major thing going forward in the next few months, so I think we definitely got to say it. Yeah. He hit his son! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, he did, sure. And then the longest ending... Wow. I was like, oh, what's the rest of credit? It's like so weird. Um, but it involves then, you know, uh McMahon. Well, first Austin is going around to find McMahon. Right, 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 right. Doesn't find McMahon. Winds does up find a- the blue blazer. The, the, the superstar blazer. hotline. And the superstar hotline. <laughs> uh also I I I the way I thought of this was it reminded me of like every other monologue on SNL where the host is like Let's take a look backstage. Yeah, hey, let's go backstage. And then they run into all of the other players. <laughs> hey, like, 80. Oh, hey, Lorne. <laughs> yes, I was just like, this is a real NSL, uh, SNL uh, uh, ending there. And then comes back to the ring where McMahon, you hear, raise, raise that screen. And above the screen raises, and McMahon is behind like three inches of plexiglass with Big Boss Man and the dogs flanking him. And that's when he tells... Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest star in the wrestling world right now, you're fired. And I believe the first Mr. McMahon firing like this, because Sable, who was fired, did not was not fired by Mr. McMahon. Technically, she was fired because she lost the match to Mero. So I think this is the first time an authority figure fired a superstar mm. um, for personal like punitive damages or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, is for a, being a petty bitch. For being a, for some petty gay bullshit. <laughs> Uh, but truly, you can say that. Yeah, we say cannot say. Thank that. you. That's our word. Um, <laughs> not to be confused with the R word. Um, but I do think this is the first time we see it, and it's like probably I would say the number one wrestling trope now in WWF. If you looked cumulatively over the decades, I would mm-hmm. think that the authority figure firing. What's the over under for fifty authority figure fires? You think there's more or less than fifty? More. I don't have a, a bet. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, sure. I think more. But I, I could be very wrong, but I I, I can just think of just see, so yeah. many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and there was a whole point where I dipped out. So who knows who was fired then? And I'm not just counting Vince. I'm talking about like Triple H, Stephanie, whatever. Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero, Teddy Long. I mean, like I whatever. Mean, we are. We're currently twenty two year, twenty one years away from when this happened, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it happened. If it happened once a year to one person, that's already like almost half to fifty. And it's definitely more than that. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Owens alone recently has been fired like five times. <laughs> By the way, if you ever want to interview me for a job, I feel like I just showed very good uh, quantitative uh, skill. You know, like. How many potholes are there in New York? Like the ability to reason out an answer. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. If I'm ever looking to hire my friend Eric for if a you're ever looking to hire me, that's going to be my number one comedy. interview question. I've only been asked on an interview like a logic question like that one time, and it was one of the ones like you have like you know equilibrium scale and four things, and they're all the same except for one, and how like, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, only yeah. use a scale how twice. Would how would you do it? And I, I probably couldn't tell you right now, but I, for some reason, like the divine intervention in that like individual moment, I did it instantly and I got the job on the spot. Wow. Okay, there's a fox, a goose, <laughs> and some seed and they have okay. to get across and the river. And you can't leave, oh, I know this. Oh, and I talk no, about you this all kill the time. all three. <laughs> well, you eat and the you seed. Eat the yeah, seed, yeah. The seed. Are the seeds from grapefruit? Are they grapefruit seeds? <laughs> well, they're from someone's balls. Uh, so you got to get them out of your teeth. Um, I also, I like that Vince set up like basically like a garbage fish tank <laughs> and everyone just threw all of the shit they could throw into that fit. Like there was, there was no, it was just going to accumulate there the way it was going. Like he had to get out because everyone was going to like get, there was like, like some kind of like dirty laundry got thrown in or a sheet. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I thought it's going to be like in the riot movies where you see the toilet paper on fire, like coming down from the rafters. <laughs> also, uh, Steve Austin, then in the longest curtain call ever goes, finds the, I guess the bodega bag that he that he got and that he'd been leaving on stage all day goes and pulls out his two Steve Weisers and drinks them in the ring. Well, Eric, I mean, give the man a, a little bit of time. I mean, he had just been fired and we're never, ever going to see or hear from him ever again. I'm glad he he quenched. You know, he, he was like, you know what? I'm going to skull these two drinks. Do you think they were warm? I feel like they weren't. They couldn't have been refrigerated, right? Where did you grab them from? Like under something, they probably are refrigerated, and they usually keep a cooler somewhere near the commentators for the cold water. They were in a plastic bag, and they were like, they looked like they were like under a table. They didn't look like they were in a cooler. I don't know. I imagine. I, I imagine he's getting cold. Yeah, I would hope he's got a nice cold Steve Weiser. This summer, sometime I want to do it. I want to with the, with the. I want the three of us to, to crack yeah. open two I, beers and. I don't even like beer, and I would do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've done I've it. never done it, but I would love to. Have you ever shotgunned a beer? Yes. Okay. But I've never done the, uh, uh, I mean, as successfully as anybody else around me did it. Yeah. All right. Well, one more thing to do. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. Anyone dying to go? I'll jump in. Uh, I'm going to give my Men in Black Memory Eraser Award to this entire pay-per-view because I would like to forget it. (laughs) That makes sense. Short and sweet. This is a real bad one. It was like, Oh, God. One of the early ones in one of our early episodes was real bad. Yeah, this is one of the worst, I think. This is probably, let's give this one uh, the worst pay-per-view we've watched, comma, category, no Godwins. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. But but DOA. Oof, boy. Uh, I have two. Mm. Um, I've got, I'm going to give uh, the Reign in Spain Award to JR, who had some interesting pronunciations from 
cement as it's falling into the uh, into the car. Kaput. And, oh yeah, kaput. And industry. So give that one to him. Uh, maybe a little elocution lessons going forward. Elocution. <laughs> elocution. Um, and elocution. I'm, I'm also going to give the uh, its edge award. Um, at the beginning of Christian versus Taka, we had the longest yep. Zoom in the world <laughs> Is it Ed? to find Edge in the crowd. It was like some fucking Where's Waldo yes. shit with all the long hair and black t-shirts to finally find the one that we were looking wow. for at the top of the ramp. Can you find Edge among these 100 Chris yeah. Jerichos? We, we were all in a, in a dentist's office waiting room, like just trying to be like, I, I think it's him. Oh, there he is. Hey, there's a guy in a unicycle. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give the Calvin Ball Award to Undertaker versus Kane, ref by Steve Austin. I truly don't know what the logic was for any of anybody's actions. Why was Stone Cold uh, counting differently for different people? Why, uh, why did Undertaker and Kane suddenly decide to turn on Austin? And then why did they turn on each other? And then why did the... Uh, uh, Paul Bearer t- turn on his son and then I, none of it made any fucking sense it was bananas no logic, it yeah. was bananas rules yeah, yeah, yeah. no motivation for anybody's actions it was just kind of like hey it's a wrestling we got 25 minutes to fill at the end of this pay-per-view this is classic attitude era Russo shitty booking I mean like that's without thought and just like book making random decisions and whatever there's some really interesting places this is about. I'm like, I am, I mean, I've been texting Aaron a little bit of it. We've just been saying like how excited we are about a lot of the stuff coming up. I mean, like a lot. A of lot of it. the stuff. I mean, 1999 is. I mean, I, again, I just got, I got goosebumps again. There's so much coming that is so good. And this really is just like a little slog we had to get through. And it, things are going to pick up soon in a really big way. Good. Because I'm almost on my way out. <laughs> the shit is. This experiment is nearly done. So if you've Eric, never watched the Attitude Era, let us know if you'd like to join Hell in a Cell Phone. That's my part, Bobby. <laughs> Love us? Disagree? Want to tell us? Podcast, you're fired. Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Hell in a Cell Pod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam. Our art is by Alexis Yavni. And we're recording today in the More Bananas podcast studio in Brooklyn. Find links for all of them in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back again for Survivor Series. Uh, and something in between. Oh, we'll, yeah. be, we'll be back. Oh, yeah. We'll be back yeah, sooner than that, you yeah, guys. Yeah, I know. I know. But in my normal copy at the end, I just say what the next big paper hey, is. Hey, new year, be. new us, baby. Uh, no, I like them to be a little surprised with the deep dive is. Piggies, sure, we don't have to tell the, them, but I'm just saying the that, piggies, that's not the piggies don't get to know everything. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna fucking own you. <laughs> you know what? Every day, new content. Every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs>